much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lohr And I'm Liam O'Donnell And you are listening to episode 117 It's 117 Of horror business And if I sound a little bit excited right now that's because I am excited because today's the day we are joined by a guest that we've wanted to have on this podcast for literally as long as I can fucking remember. We are joined by the unquestionable king of the Lehigh Valley wrestling scene, the man without a plan, the little bit wonder of Bethlehem, <laughs> Commissioner Chris, <laughs> Commissioner Chris Reject. <clears throat> that line was not cleared by me or my people. I am upset. Sharky, please edit that out. No, Sharky, I keep was it. Pre- I said earlier that you were the only talented person involved in this show, and I meant that. Not at that. all true. Not at all I true. Sharky, that. every word of that stays, every golden syllable of that stays in. Hi, everybody. I'm Chris Reject. Welcome Chris Reject. Not straight edge Chris Reject. It's true. It's true. He's I'm not so- now. Not now, and he never was. As a matter of fact, he once threw up in a girl's mouth while drunk when she went in to kiss him. Fuck. It's true. We're going right into this, aren't we? <laughs> yes. I think yes. I'm starting to regret this already. No, it's fine. That's, uh, that's, no, Chris, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I'm very happy. That's the only That's the only embarrassing I mean, story I'm going to bring up. We did, before we started rolling, for the, the home audience, you wouldn't know this, but before we started rolling... Uh, Liam and I had antagonized Justin to the point where he was doing a countdown before he was going to walk out of my house and refuse to do the rest of the episode. So Here's the I thing, suppose, the, you know, not, I reap what I sow. It's not that hard to get me upset. It's like fucking <laughs> shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> That's not vegan. I, I've gotten up. It's, it's very not vegan. I've gotten upset at hypothetical situations. I have created myself in my own head and I've gotten mad at the people involved in those situations. That didn't happen. <laughs> That makes sense. So anyway, we have Chris on the show today. Uh, we're going to be discussing 2005's uh, hunk of shit science fiction film, Dune, and then the 2019... Dude? You mean Doom. Doom. Did I say dude? Dune. Dude, you know, Dune. Dudes. You know what? That movie, Dudes with John Cryer, I got that on Laserdisc out of the garbage in yeah. New York City. Great movie. You should have left it there. It was yeah. a little slow, but... We're doing, we're doing uh, the stupid version of Tremors, Dune... No, no, that's not right. <laughs> Sharky, can you make Justin know the name of the movie? It's Doom, you, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> and we're also doing 2019's horror masterpiece. Uh, starring uh, wrestling edgeman Philip Brooks. Directed by Travis Stevens, Girl on the Third Floor. A film. An amazing film. So wow. much fun. It's amazing, amazing. film. It's, it's a work wow. of art. It's a work of art. Now, <clears throat> your guys are, <laughs> you guys are probably wondering why. Why do we have Chris on the show? Bribery. No, not just bribery. No, it's because I have something to shill. If you listen to my episode, the, the uh, network leading download episode of Cinepunks that I was on last year. It was only to shill my own shit. That's the only reason that I do this kind of press junk at garbage, okay? So <laughs> June 3rd and June 4th at Mahoning Drive-In, 
We're doing the third annual Real Rumble Weekend. You can get tickets now at MahoningDIT.com. It's $15 per night, 20 bucks if you want to stay over and cuddle with Justin. No. It's four wrestling matches, two movies, both nights. The second movie on Friday is a surprise. And uh, if you buy both nights tickets in advance, I'll give you a free shirt at the event. So MahoningDIT.com. Go buy tickets, and then I'll see you there. You'll see me there too both nights. Can we cuddle? No, I don't cuddle. Uh, I don't, no one touches me. Yeah, I have a, I have a Subaru Outback, and uh, if you lay the seats down just right, it's perfect for two uh, hunks of men. What to- part of... Jesus Christ. We're... God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, so, yeah, Justin, so, Justin, who do what? we have to thank for this episode? <laughs> I'm not thanking me. Chris because we, me. <laughs> you know, you know, Chris, you know, Chris. Normally, I would, I would totally be okay with that. I honestly, I have just not been able to sell those shirts. I feel like I need, I need to figure out some other, other thing here because for for some reason, although they've been very good as presents uh, for. Uh, <laughs> patreon people so that 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 part's been helpful and they really appreciate it but like the first round of shirts sold a bunch of them not all of them but they sold pretty good these are cinepunk shirts yeah but the newer cinepunk shirts they didn't move man i don't know i I don't know what you it's the best goddamn printing you'll get on the east coast i'm not blaming the printing i'm not possibly possibly the world or even the universe so you cannot blame the printing. No, it's not, not at my all. fault. You need to have me on more. I'll juice the uh, ratings. Guys, Speaking of juice, guys, where someone, is Big someone, Dan? Guys, someone tell Chris that Cinepunks is a sh- sinking ship that he can't possibly save with his giant <laughs> ego. There's just no way. He just really can't help it. Um, okay. For first and foremost, we're going to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your That's support. That's also me, for the record. Oh no, totally. God and, damn, it's uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. How long is the limit on these? Like time wise, it's oh. already so that the, how long again, is hell? Hell is eternal. The, hell the is The folks eternal. at home, we're starting recording at nine thirty. So probably I don't, Liam. What time is it where you are? Eight thirty. Eight thirty. So Justin and I are going to be delirious and smashing each other into the walls by one a.m. when we're still arguing and shouting. No, it's, oh, it's, let's, it's, let's be clear. But neither of these movies deserves any discussion of any kind. So that's true. We're doing them a favor by even mentioning their names on the show. Justin called the girl on the I, third floor I, amazing. I politely disagree with I your know. assessment of the I girl know. on the it's third floor. I know it's going to be fun. It's politely, gonna be fun. politely disagree with your assessment of the girl on the third floor. Can we keep so the Patreons, you people, listen? Thank you. Disagree. Money isn't real. Money isn't real, no, and we don't give a shit about profiting off the show. We're never going to make money off of this show, but the fact is, the real hard facts in today's Joe Biden's America is that things cost money, and they cost more than they used to, and it costs money to keep a podcast and to host a network, and you people at home, you people listening to that, this right now, and the people that downloaded the episode with Chris Reject on it from last year in Cinepunks, don't you refer yourself in third person. On the Patreon, are keeping this afloat. You are helping to offset some of the massive costs to doing this podcast. And on behalf of Justin and Liam and Handsome Josh and all the other folks on the network, thank you. Thank you Chris, so much. Chris is Chris out here is, cutting a promo. 
Chris voted for Connor Lamb yesterday. I just want to point that out. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, we also want to thank, unfortunately, Chris Rejack because he's here and it's awkward. Me. Uh, go to try X- being in the, try being five feet away from him. Like <laughs> I am right now. Uh, go to xlvacx.com. If you have anything that you need printed, uh, the reality is while Chris is basically a blight on humankind, uh, his business is really helpful. And the people who work there are great. They do great work. Uh, they're easy to work with. And we really appreciate everyone there who isn't named Chris Reject. I think that already I would guess the people at home who have not met me understand why I get mercilessly shit on in the intro of every <laughs> one of the episodes. And so you're welcome. We actually do love you, though, Chris. Can we talk about Essex Coffee Roasters now? It's uh, taking the mystery out of a good cup of coffee. (laughs) I love that you've listened enough that you can really do these ads on your own. We can just cut you loose. Look, we all love Aaron Dahlbeck. We love the work that he's done musically. But now it's time to appreciate the work he's doing in the coffee world. Uh, Essex uh, offers the highest quality beans. Uh, roasted to order, so they're fresh as hell. They also have quality tea and amazing merch. Head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. On your way out the door, the digital door, so to speak, you're going to put in C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X into the promo code. Bada bing, bada boom, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to say thank you. It's great. All you got to do is type it. C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. A couple yeah, that's t- great. If you're new to the show, a couple times now you've heard us mention Sharky, you're probably thinking, who's who's Sharky? Is that the off-screen producer? Well, in a sense, he kind of is, right? Uh, uh, Mechanical Shark Media is the company he runs where he does audio editing for us. He does video production for a number of brands and bands. He does all kinds of uh, puppet work and set design, and uh, he streams events for uh, organizations. If you have any of these media needs, from video editing to audio production, uh, to uh, special effects and set design, go to mechanicalsharkmedia.com. Sharky's the best. We love him. Thank you so much. He rules. Thanks, Sharky. Thank you, Sharky. I love you. That's it. That's that's all. That's all that's we got. That's that's all we got to thank. And and one of the thanks I wish we didn't have to do because Chris being right hey. here, I, I'm resenting him right now. I resent you, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now comes the time of the podcast where I were normally... you not resenting me when you had to watch these movies? That's the real no. That's question. actually no. That's, I wasn't. That's all I actually of my wasn't. resentment. I actually was not. Thank you. I was not. Now normally I would ask Liam as we were uh, jumping through the fucking arc under Lake Papoose in Nevada. It's a dry lake bed next to Area Fifty One. As going to Mars, you know, me and Liam we're going there to. The signal from, I don't know, Josh Alvarez on Mars cut off. We have to go rescue him. Him and George Romero, his dog, go there. And just before we get attacked by the... Uh, by the sewer imp, whatever that is, I look at Liam and I say... This I'd ask Liam. This is where... I would, Jesus fucking Christ. I would ask Slam, hey, what have you done involving Har recently? We're about to get killed by the sewer imp in the Hell Knight, played by Doug Jones and Brian Steele, respectively. Instead of doing that now, you guys are going to understand that a little bit, trust me. Instead of doing that, I'm going to ask our esteemed guest, the infernal and the insufferable Chris Reject, what have you done involving Har recently? I thought I was supposed to get to pick if I was doing first, second, or third. No, yeah, that's, that's a, different. That's, a, that's, that's, that, that's whack that's on tracks. Yeah, we are authoritarians here. <laughs> okay, so what have I done hard lately? I watched Doom. 
I watched uh, Girl on the Third Floor with Chick Magnet Punk. Uh, I watched, I, I uh, rewatched the uh, Nia, Nia DaCosta Candyman a few oh, weeks ago. Oh, sure, yeah. That movie is incredible. Um, that's about it. Uh, I don't know other than the horrors of daily existence on this quickly uh, yeah. sinking, you know, livelihood that we have. Uh, that's it, really. I don't did, think you have any new, did you have any new thoughts about that Candyman remake or sequel or whatever the fuck? Revisiting it, I, I, I think I saw it twice in the theater because I had the, the A-list, so every movie feels free. So I go a lot. Well... I haven't been going so much lately, but hypothetically, I go a lot. And uh, I saw it twice in the theater, and revisiting it months later, it was, it felt more impactful. Like, it just, the movie's stunning. It's f- pretty much flawless. The first time I saw it, I was more impressed by how it looked than I was overall by the movie. But I feel like I need to see it again, because I I think I, uh, I'm still trying to, uh, see how I feel about how things kind of wrapped up. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's I a movie think it I think I need to see again. It's like, I'm tired of all this woke horror. Stop, you know? stop. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's about it. I haven't, I haven't been watching a lot of horror movies. Um, the last few weeks at work have been very, very busy. So sure. I don't think that I've really been watching that many movies. Why have you been general. so busy at work? What's, what are you, what are you doing? What do you do for work? We print t- We print the best goddamn t-shirts on the East Coast, yes. possibly the world. Uh, well, my production floor manager, Mitch, who is dead to me right now, is on tour for seven weeks, and we are right smack in the middle of that. Oh, dogs are upset. And can you can you hear Bruce growling? Oh, and, your uh, rotting fucking Resident <laughs> Evil dogs in miniature are upset. <laughs> We also, so we also, I, I talked to my sales rep at, at our primary shirt distributor and because I, I reached out to her to ask for a report because I wanted to know why everything was so horrible at work. And uh, we have ordered 10,000 more pieces than we did at this point last year, which is like 60 or 70% increase, which is fucking insane. So... Everything is just wild at work, and I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch many movies. So, I understand that. You know, yeah, totally. All these Cinepunk's orders, the reprints for horror business, and yeah. you know, <laughs> the cold like December fan pressings. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> no, that's it. That's that's all. That's it. Yeah, that's fine. Don't harass okay. me, man. All right. That's all you saw. I'm going to keep thinking. If I think of anything good, I'll interrupt you, Justin. Thank you. I appreciate that. How about you, Liam? What did you do recently? Well, I recently tried to watch the movie Firestarter. They they remade Firestarter. And people may not know this, but for me, I have a list of movies that I think would actually be good remakes, right? In the sense that, or, or let's let's not say good remakes, but let's say good options for remakes because they are films that I think had a lot of potential, but they were not well executed on their first go through. And Firestarter's on that list for me. Uh, I love the book. And I think the movie had parts of the book down pretty good. I think the paranoia works. I think the whole like uh, government spooks sort of thing works, you know? But uh but a lot of it doesn't work. And I was hoping that a modern 
take could fix it, especially in the in the in the special effects department. The special effects in the original are just not they're not there yet. They just weren't there. They couldn't do it quite right, and that's fine. Um, the original and, is not great. No, it's it's a rough it's a rough watch. And like I said, it has aspects I like, but I think overall it's a bad movie. Weirdly, the remake is actually worse, and that is a, a frustrating thing. Uh, and for me, it doesn't didn't need to be that way. And I and I say that because I think there is still people probably who listen to this very show who think all remakes are a bad idea. I don't think that's true. I think there are films that that could benefit from a remake. I think there are films that maybe couldn't benefit from a remake, but the fact that they get remade doesn't kill it for me per se. Uh, but I think Firestarter is a kind of movie that should have been remade by someone who knew what they were doing and cared about it. And that's not how this movie feels. It feels like this movie uh, doesn't work. And it's a real bummer. The uh, The character who comes after them, um, who comes after the family, is an actor I really like, an indigenous actor I've seen in other things. I think he's really good. Uh, and it's wasted in this movie. It's it's a it's it's not a movie he, I enjoy. He was in Blood Quantum, correct? He was. He was. Yes. He's also on. Um, oh, I forget the name of the show, so I won't say what the name of the show is because I don't remember what it is. But he, he's on a show too. Anyways, point is, he's really good in Blood Quantum for sure. Um, anyways, I don't want to go too much on about this movie that I really disliked. A movie I saw that I felt better about but i still have conflicted feelings on is that movie master did either one of you see master no uh it is i mean you were making jokes earlier chris about woke horror uh master is very much a movie that's trying to be about race it's a it is explicitly about race in the style of get out but with a different theme it's more of like a haunting uh uh than uh get out it's 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 it has like a supernatural tinge to it although it might not i guess i guess the supernaturalness of it all is what's under discussion a little bit uh my feeling on it is it has two central performances uh by uh uh the main actress's name zoe something i forget what her name i'll look it up real quick but uh and regina hall they're both very good in it but i don't think the movie honestly deserves the quality of their performances even though i think that conceptually the movie's pretty good it's a pretty good way to get at this topic uh there's too many plot lines it feels honestly like they had three ideas and two of those ideas were really good and one of those ideas was stupid and then they pushed them all together and it doesn't quite work um yeah regina hall and zoe renee uh it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I think that uh, there's a number of movies like this recently that have been trying to be more explicitly uh, social horror is what they're calling it, I guess. Uh, but, but, you know, movies inspired by Get mm -hmm. Out and some of them have been not great. And this is this is one of the ones where, again, on on paper, it should be pretty good. I think there's some good ideas sort of at play, but the execution just isn't fucking there. It just, uh, it just didn't work. And so it's a shame. Um, it's a shame because I think the, the style of the director is very good. I think, like I said, the performances were great, but that script needed someone to come over and say, Hey, you've got at least one, if not two, too many plots going on in this one movie. I think we needed to, to whittle it down and focus on something. Uh, and, and 
because of all the things going on, the resolution is inevitably going to feel unsatisfying because there's too many things to wrap up in a movie that's trying not to be a long movie. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't know that I would tell people to avoid it, but I don't think it's a must watch. I think it's a, if you're curious to, especially if you're uh, a fan of Regina Hall, cause she's great. Uh, I think it's worth watching for that. But if you're not sure that you want to see it, it's, it's not, it's not something you need to see. Uh, unfortunately, um, other than that, that's all I got. Those two, and then obviously the, the films for this podcast, um, haven't really been able to do much else horror wise. Is that right? Are you are you current on Attack on Titan yet? I am a hundred percent current. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you. The end of that last episode. Yeah, that's that's. About, you want to talk about a real rumble? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> I do want to talk about a real rumble. June third and June fourth at Mahoning Driving. You can get your tickets. Mahoningdit.com. That's a h o n i n g d i t dot com. Hey, you know what? I'll you know what I'll throw into this little horror discussion here, and this will be a segue for if you guys have seen it. I'll throw in that little bit of that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I saw that. Saw that little, Hated little it. film. Hated it. You didn't hate it. That was trash from Samuel Ramey. I cannot believe that the Altoir film master Samuel Ramey, who has made such classic films as Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. I cannot believe, I cannot fucking believe he would lower himself to be, to make a movie in the Marvel quote-unquote cinematic quote-unquote universe, it made me sick to my stomach. I still have not seen that movie uh, because Puff came, Puff, my my friend, the professional wrestler from Buffalo, Puff, you can come see him on June 3rd at, <laughs> at the Real Rumble. God damn it. Uh, <clears throat> um, he came down on Thursday before the Bash of the Brewery which is available at IWTV.com or independent wrestling television. Find it, fucking join up and download or watch or whatever. So, um, but that was our last show and he came down the night before and we were going to go to the drive-in at Becky's and see it. But uh, the brewery Weyerbacher uh, let us in the night before to build the wrestling ring in advance. And since it was a new venue and it was going to be the biggest show that we'd ever had, we uh, opted for that. So I did not get to go to see it with Puff. He went to see it before the show the next day, but I was dealing with wrestler stuff, so um, I still haven't seen it. I mean, I won't now that Justin said it was terrible. So terrible, I guess, worst film I've ever know. seen. He's lying. He liked it. Oh well, that was genuine. I I know I've known Justin since he was seventeen. It's a very since long I was actually you've known me since I was actually a virgin. He, like today, I met Justin yesterday. You're still a virgin, <laughs> and uh, I know when he's being genuine. Okay, so and I know that was genuine. No, so, actually, I really like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Jesus Christ, Justin! I really liked it. Jesus Christ! I, I I was being a goof there. I fooled you. I tricked you. Tell us, tell us what your whacking on track is for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let me just say, uh, I also enjoyed it, but I understand why some people are frustrated with it because it's a. It, I think the what I liked about the first Dr. Strange is that I really got a sense of the character and there was some real 
character beats and there's an, an arc to the dude. And then this movie is a lot more like yelling exposition at each other. Uh, now, granted, I think it looks great. I don't. I guess some people also didn't like how it looked. I don't understand that take. I think it looked really great. And so while I think it Do you think lacked, it was a Sam Raimi, they didn't look like that, or they just didn't like that everything in Marvel is a green screen? Like what? It, it might have been the green screen thing, which I, which I do understand. I mean, mm. you do get to a point with some of these movies where they're not even outside ever. Like, even all the outsides are inside, and that could be mm. a little much. Um, but I still think overall it was fun, and, you know... The, my bias is in the movies that are even kind of bad in the Marvel universe, if there's nerdy shit in them, then some part of me is going to enjoy it because I'm a comic book nerd. Like that is part of my personality. And so like all the Marvel movies I dislike also don't have anything in them that I think is like cool. It's not just that the movie's bad. It's that I also think it's not fun. And this movie, while I think the script is not great and I really don't like, the treatment of America Chavez. I think she really wasn't given the space to be a character that she deserved. Uh, that being said, it was still pretty fun and I had fun with it and it had lots of weird nerdy shit in it. Now, granted, I, I some people have said it's nothing but fan service. It's kind of um, the opposite of fan service when you introduce fan servicey things and then take it away immediately then that's kind by, of the opposite <laughs> by by take away you mean violently fucking kill well i was trying to be nice for people like yeah. chris who haven't seen the movie yet um yeah chris just so you know spoiler they kill rintra they kill rintra I, I haven't seen it you don't even <laughs> fucking you don't even get the fuck out of here do you even read bro bro oh. um so yeah, I'm going to kind of agree with Liam and say what I liked about this movie is that, um, and I posted this on Facebook, so if anyone has anything to say, come at me. You had like a week to fucking come at me about this. I really like No Way Home, but I thought that No Way Home rested a little too heavily on like fan service shit. What I liked about this was that they finally found a way to kind of like massage the collective balls of geeks everywhere. The genitals, I should oh. say. I'm sorry. Oh. They did. Family they, friendly. They, this is a. This is not family friendly. I swear, who every fucking two minutes, said this shit was family yeah, friendly. Get the I fuck never, out of here. I never said I was anyone's role model. Um, this 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 movie, I think, found a way to be fan servicey without it being like overwhelming. Like, get it. Um, and I also think the way that they kind of handled those. Uh, I, like I, I forget which fucking nerd dork, jerk off fucking website wrote an article about it, but they were like. Uh, they were claiming that certain characters that were introduced, quote unquote, introduced in this film were done dirty. And I don't think they were. I, I think it was kind of like not necessarily ballsy. Like, yeah, I fucking went there. But I think it was kind of um, I think it was an interesting choice on Sam Raimi's part to introduce characters that people have wanted to see for as long as the MCU has been a thing. And then just kind of be like, yeah, but we're not going to do that anyway. I don't know. I kind of dug that. That. That's the freedom that a multiversal story gives you. What's the point of having a whole other dimension of characters if you can't do whatever the fuck you want? Yeah, and here's the thing. I I, I don't think what happened in that scene was cheap. I think it was impactful. I think it meant something. Um, it certainly got a, got a reaction out of me and my niece and my mom, who all saw this movie with me, in a way that wasn't like... Um, Cheap is the only way I can say it. Like it, I was like, oh shit, that was really something. Like that really, uh, that wasn't just done to shock. 
you know, which Sam Raimi is not known for doing. Sam Raimi is not known for being, Samuel Raimi is not known for being a shocking director. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't know if you guys who do a horror podcast and people who listen to horror podcasts, I don't know if you're familiar with the works of Sam Raimi, did Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army Darkness, a bunch of other stuff. I don't yeah, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Just watch, just just watch his movies. Yeah, just watch his movies. I don't do this podcast. Just play uh, Evil Dead. He did Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and a bunch of other stuff. Several other films. He's a filmmaker. Um, I will say that there were two sequences in this film that were so gloriously unabashed, classic Sam Raimi that, like, I wanted to, like, jump up and start clapping. And I'm not being, like, silly right now. Like, I actually, you know... Uh, I was like, oh my God, he did it. Like he fucking, he did, he did it in a way that wasn't like, there were, it's not like Dr. Strange pulled out a chainsaw and said like, I'll swallow your soul. But he did the thing that Sam Raimi is known for doing when it comes from like a, a technical aspect. And I, it made me so happy as someone who like pays attention to like stupid little uh, details like that. I also watched a little movie called Monsters. <laughs> so that was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I only give it one stars though because Rincher the Cowhead thing doesn't fuck Cthulhu. And uh, at no point are there any werewolves. So, sorry, one and a half stars. I listened, I think it was the new, the John Landis Twilight Zone episode of Behind the Bastards. They talked about... American Werewolf in London, and I was like, "Motherfucker, I need to go back and rewatch that because that movie is goddamn perfect." So, good. Justin, have you ever seen that movie, Justin? Have you no. seen so American, you, Have you heard of that? American Werewolf in London? No, American Werewolf in London. Have you, have you seen oh, the movie? Oh, is that is that the it's sequel like a to horror American Werewolf in Paris? It's a sequel to American Werewolf in Paris. No, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. prequel. It's like the, it's, it's like the like thing remake with the thing remake where oh, they did. It's actually a prequel. Um, yeah, the remake of the thing. Yeah, no, the ring. Ringu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Naomi Watts. She was in Mulholland Drive. You ever see Mulholland Drive? Do you like David Lynch? Do you like Mulholland Drive? Don't go behind the dumpster. I watched a little film called Monstrous. Oh, how was it? How was it? It was okay until what the was end. It and, then it, and then it became great. I genuinely didn't hear what movie. What movie? Monstrous. Monstrous. Okay, as you. in a monster. Um, it was okay. I was kind of like not buying what it was selling. And then about three quarters of the way through, something happened where I was like, okay, now I'm, I get like the, the raving reviews that this movie got. Because for a minute there, I was like, I don't fucking, this is like just typical, like, there's nothing about this movie that's really setting it apart from any other like, just basic ass horror movie. Like, I don't get it. And then I got it. So as they say. Um, and then I also watched a movie called Broadcast Signal Intrusion. <laughs> With a question mark, um, yes, broadcast signal intrusion, um, which is available in Shudar, Shutter. Um, I, I, you know, if you guys are familiar with the Max Headroom incident, like go Google that. It's creepy. It's weird. Whatever. Um, this was a movie that I think had a very good idea and executed it almost in a good way. Um, it just, it did a few things that I didn't really like. And I think its ambition was greater than its ability. If that ma makes any sense. Sure. Um, but I still think it's worth a watch. It's on shutter. You should check it out. Um, it's got its moments. I, I know there are friends of ours who shan't be named who really like that movie. Um, and that's their right. 
that's fine. I'm I'm many things, but an asshole is not one of them. Um, and other than that, I didn't really I don't know I haven't really done much. Um, other than you know, kind of coming to terms with the fact that Doctor Oz is going to be my next state senator, Oof. or my next senator. That's you know terrifying, but you know that's American twenty twenty two. Um, Dude, I saw a a, Mastri, a Doug Mastriano sign today that the most absurd election sign I've ever seen. It looked, it had like a foot in like a running motion, like in a sneaker, like it was like a five k fundraiser fucking sign or whatever, and it said, "Walk the earth as a free man" or some fucking corny shit like that. And then it said Doug Mastriano, and then it had a Bible verse that it was like quoted from, and I was just terrified because see i'm i'm not i'm not that afraid of monster i mean not to get all locally political i'm not that afraid of i mean he could win i mean it's very fucking possible i am actually like you know i'm far more afraid of fucking Mehmet oz becoming a senator i was i brought him up at work and and uh brad hogarth friend of the show friend of the show brad hogarth said that apparently the right-wing kooks don't like Oz. They think he's too liberal, or or well, they, or that he's not, or that they think he's Muslim or something. And and I mean, he is Muslim, and he's he is too liberal for them. He's okay. just a fucking fair enough. You know, he's a fucking bootlicker for he's Trump. He's a hack. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. total hack. Uh, where does Brad work again? Oh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the finest cream printer oh, on the I East guess. Coast, possibly the planet, definitely in the universe. I mean, Trump is supporting a bunch of candidates that are basically celebrities. You know, yeah. he's supporting that shitty author. Like if fucking uh if if Musk threw his hat in, I'm sure Trump would get oh, on Jesus board. Christ. You know what I mean? Like like I think Trump is like, you know, he, anyone who seems just like a celebrity asshole, regardless of like actual politics, it's like, hey, do you do, are you a dickhead? Yeah, yeah, you could have my support. Sure, sounds good. Yeah, I, I mean I think he's just trying to like he's going to at the eleventh hour switch his allegiance to whoever the winner is because he's really worried about his wins and losses as far as endorsements. I know that. So Yeah. You know, who he endorses really doesn't mean anything until it's close to the election and he'll he'll switch to whoever's in the lead, I think. All right. We have let we have let these assholes dominate our our, our collective whatchamacallits for long enough. This is not a politics podcast. This is not a politics about the cow-headed minotaur from comic books, Rintra. This is a horror podcast. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the 2005 science fiction film directed by some guy starring Carl Urban, Rosamund Pike, and Dwayne, quote-unquote, The Rock Johnson. Doom. Mm. Mm. We'll be right back. At a distant research facility, the final 10% of the human genome has just been discovered. And with it, all hell has broken loose. Now, a call for help has gone out. Game time. Listen up, man. We're going in hot. If it breathes, kill it. There's something coming up behind you. It's in the sewer! (laughs) 
What is that? We gotta go now. Evacuate! Evacuate! Sir, are you okay? Justin, do you smell like a fire over there? No, why? Am I having a stroke? I think you might be. Toast? No, it smells, it smells like a campfire. And we are back to talk about 2000. I just want to get Chris talking about bullshit. 2005's Doom. It smelled like a fire. Um, so I think somebody has a fire outside. I think I can smell. You're it. such a fucking old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really true. So um, we picked this movie. Both these films have, and they're films. Both of these films have wrestling uh, personalities, and this one has. Justin, why? Why did we pick wrestling movies? Is there a reason for that? Yes, because on June third and fourth, up at the Mahoney Drive-in, Chris is sponsoring the third annual Real Rumble. For more details, head to MahoningDIT.com or XLVC. I'm not sponsoring it. I'm organizing it. He's organizing it. You can also... You can, if you follow us on Instagram, which you fucking should be at the Harbiz666, you follow Chris at LVAC, the LV, the underscore LVAC. Twitter, it's the underscore LVAC. Instagram, it's just the LVAC. Wrestling people, whatever whatever they're called, people who wrestle, whatever you would call them, Dwayne Johnson is in this movie. Now, let's talk about Doom. Um, either of you, I don't know if either of you guys... I know Chris is into, like, stupid video games because he's into dumb shit. Liam, were you into, like, Doom as a video game when you were younger? No, actually. Um, I played a lot of Wolfenstein, which is very similar, but Doom was, like, the next step, and I I have played it, but I didn't get obsessed with it, as opposed to okay. Wolfenstein, which I played many, many times. We okay. had there was a one computer in the computer lab in high school had Wolfenstein installed on it secretly, so I would play that, and then I think I played Doom a handful of times. But yeah, you know, eh. Weirdly enough, when I was a kid, um, I somehow was given a copy of the novelization uh, Doom, Knee Deep in the Dead, hmm. which is also you know, Swarm Knee the Deep swarm. in the Dead. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I've kind of weirdly fascinated with this idea of Martian horror. Um, and this, this movie especially, uh, this is going to be the last good thing I say about this. No, there's actually one thing later on I, I want to say. I like the idea of this movie. Capitalizing on a video game? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. The, the, that the is kind the of central like, idea of this movie. You know what I mean. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's let, let's give it a little benefit and say this is this movie is not this movie. Let's pretend that this movie isn't absolutely fucking cynical and just say it has a story to tell. Okay, let's pretend that. Okay. Let's put on our fucking imagination hats. Okay, and say this: the story that this movie see that this seeks to tell that there is this extinct civilization on Mars, and that somehow we go there and we fucking we fuck it up and awaken this sort of like strange thing that, you know, I am all on board for that. That is an HP Lovecraft story right there. Like that. Yeah, I'm totally cool with, um, the much maligned John Carpenter film ghost of Mars is essentially like an early version of this movie. Um, 
I kind of like the idea of people going somewhere where they shouldn't, because you should go to fucking Mars. Why would you want to go there? Have you ever read Golden Eyed and Dark They Were by Ray Bradbury? Chris, have you ever read that story? No. Okay. Liam, ever read it? No. You should read it. Don't go to Mars. Don't get your ass to Mars. Um, that being said, this is one of the worst movies we've ever watched for this show. That's that's insane. not true. That is not true. You are being I, ridiculous. I do not like this movie, but I think we've watched some really bad movies. No, no, no. This show. I'm not saying it's the worst. I'm gonna go ahead and say. <sighs> I listened 100? to that Oids episode. I, I remember you. how much you hated that. Yeah, Creepazoids is pretty bad. As is and what was the fucking last one with that fucking the 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 English high school oh, yeah, movie? The slaughter, slaughter Fuck you. Yeah, those movies get a pass. They get a pass. There's like oh. no money in those movies. This, this, is, no, this movie, this movie was, and so I worked at Carmike when this came out, and I remember I did not have sex in the Carmike there. I just want to point that out. I've never had sex, and I was that you in Spirit of Vengeance when that was not the me. show that Ryan was, O'Donnell and I walked was, in. That was not me. Um, the I told I retold the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance story today, and Brandon, Julie, and friend of the show Brad and Andrew I don't know if the others are friends of the show but Brad's a friend of the show and I told the story and they were all agog and uh, I can't believe that was you Justin so God damn it. I worked at Carmike and I was excited for The Rock because he's the fucking rock and um, you know I, I believe it was like when a blockbuster was going out of business I bought this movie on DVD it's the extended unrated full screen edition on DVD that's that's the one I watched uh the on full the, screen on, on the well, not the full screen. Sorry, oh. sorry, I missed that part. But the the <laughs> un, the, the extended edition is definitely right. the one I watched. Yeah. And how the fuck is full? Who dude, are, who sees still full in two thousand five? It was probably like fucking three dollars from Blockbuster. What do you want from me? And what so fucking monster is like, no, give me full screen. I want to see less of the movie. <laughs> so I had forgotten that I even owned it, and then. Like this came up and I, I pulled it out and saw it was full screen and I, I laughed because that's a good way to watch this an, a, a violent action movie based on a video game. Full screen pan and scan is the best. Um, but I, I remember when it came out in the theater, I remember thinking it was pretty good. And then I, you know, good enough to spend a couple bucks on DVD for it. And then when I went back and rewatched it, I had to actually, I think we were supposed to do this show last year when we were promoting or when I was promoting Real Rumble oh, 2. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say when I said I resent you, Chris, because I've watched mm. this movie twice because of your fucking Hey, <laughs> there you go. And part of, I, I don't remember, I think it was just scheduling. It was just too hard to get together last year. But I started watching Doom last year in preparation for this, and I could not get into it. Like, I couldn't even get through the first half hour. I was like, this movie fucking sucks, and I lost my interest. But this time when I watched it, I was sort of reminded of, you know what? It's fine. It's totally forgettable. It's like a ripoff. Like there's so many. It's funny that there's the uh, little pussy callback to Predator because all the characters are just like ripped off of Predator. Um, and it's it's very like forgettable in the grand scheme of things. But when you consider that the other, what other video game movies were coming around, out around this time? Dead or Alive, House of the Dead. Uh, I mean, this is years after Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, but like these movies are all fucking garbage. I mean, Street Fighter is great. JCVD is a, a genius, but all these movies are fucking t- <laughs> like, oh, Ooey, yeah, Alone in the Dark. That's oh really better than this, Justin. You know what I mean? Like when no, you think no. about what this is, it's a, it's a, it's a bordering on plotless 
bloodbath video game and that they were able to to make enough of a story that even though the characters were derivative and two-dimensional but even in spite of that like they were still able to give you enough story to make it watchable and shiny objects special effects explosions like i really think it's wholly forgettable in the grand scheme of life but it was not torture. It was a fine watch. So, Justin, you're wrong, but the movie's not good. I Okay. Let me just say that 2005 is not my favorite year for horror films in general. I think a lot of bad things came out that year. I think that year. Help me out. Oh man. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now, so don't worry about it. Thank you, Justin. Um, so my feeling is like the you know, the bar was kind of low. I think Chris, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Video game movies up until this point have also been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um with possibly exception, had Resident Evil already came out? I think the first. Yeah, Resident I think that was a few years earlier. I think I the like first Resident like two thousand two, two thousand three. I feel like the first Resident Evil is better than this movie. Still, yeah, not I one that I would revisit necessarily, but better than this. I saw and the newest one, and it was pretty abysmal. I will say though, on watching it, the part that Justin said is the best part of the movie, in that there's like the seeds here of something else, something that could be better, is one of the things that kind of annoys me about the movie because I I don't think it's a totally flawed endeavor from the beginning. I think the way they handle it is not great. Uh, but if we, if we take it out of the realm, like right now we're discussing it as a horror film. If I think of it less as a horror film and more as just like a shitty action movie, especially if it was not the budget that it is, if it was, if this was a straight to video action movie then I'm like, it's not terrible. It's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. But I think when I think about it as like, it's trying to be a horror film, it's like, it doesn't execute for me on any level for that. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. But the, I only, there's not a whole lot of horror to choose from when it yeah. comes to wrestling related stuff. And so yeah, it's no, like, totally, wanted, totally. It makes sense for the show. talked about they live and, and Justin wouldn't do see no evil. Because he is jealous I have of Kane. Personal vendetta against Glenn Jacobs. Oh, he's the fucking worst. But sorry, Liam. So yeah, I would agree that this is more of an action movie than a horror movie. But and you know, I, I will say it does have a certain novelty because of The Rock's performance in it, right? Flawless performance, Oscar worthy performance. I don't know if I would go that far. And and I will Semper say, Fi, motherfucker. It's pretty clear you just picked this movie because you have a crush on The Rock. But Yo, the uh, what, what I like about say? it, he's become uh, so. Doctor Carmack's condition is irreversible because Doctor Carmack is dead. That part was fucking cool. <laughs> I but I, I do think I do like it because I my argument, which uh, most people wouldn't agree with, because they like The Rock, but I think The Rock. It, in recent movies has gotten oftentimes very sanitized. We're just getting the same thing over and over again. And while this performance, I don't think is good, it's at least a little different, right? We don't usually get this version of the still rock. finding himself for sure. Cause this was like, uh, he did Scorpion King. I think he did run down before this. He did walking tall before this. Um, but this was definitely the first hard R and he was in B. I think the same year as this. 
And so I need to rewatch odd character for him. And now this was like a hard R. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the first time that he'd done that, which I think was interesting. I need to rewatch the rundown by the way, because all my memories are positive and I can't believe that that's true. Like, I feel like I'm going to rewatch it and not like it, but in the theater, I was like, this movie's fucking amazing. No, I've watched that movie 30 times. That movie is so good. Of course you have. You fucking well, the, asshole. The, my ex-stepsons really liked it. Um, and it was like, you know, when they were younger, it was like soft enough. It was like a PG-13 sure. yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, they they love that movie. And so for sure, like next year at Real Rumble, I'll probably pitch that for one of the movies because I would love to see that on the big screen again. It was a great movie. Very mm-hmm. fun. All right, Justin. Not a horror movie, though. Justin. So we can't do it here. Justin, is this... What? Is this the worst video game movie ever? Or at least up until 2005? No, not even close. That would be either House of the Dead or Alone in the Dark. Who I think... Uwe Boll directed both those movies, right? Mm -hmm. Uwe Boll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I don't entirely hate. I don't want to... I'm not going to go off on a tangent. I... I kind of respect possible, Why? For what? I appreciate reason? him in like a Roger Corman esque. Yeah. Except not no, as. I mean, Roger stop. Corman clearly is like a cool, good. No, he sucks, that. but he's at least like he he makes no apologies for being like a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll let that go. I mean, no, he's for, he he does he doesn't make good movies, and I'm I'm not even gonna try and be like coolly aloof and ironic. Like, no, you guys just like he he has no skills as a filmmaker. But he's just straight. He knows the world hates him, and he just doesn't give a shit. And I got. I mean, it's it's the same thing with Juggalos. They know they're the butt of every fucking joke in pop culture. They just don't give a fuck. And I, I, I kind of got to admire that. I feel like he seriously threatened to beat up a friend of mine, but I don't remember the details. So no. I think I'm still in the he sucks camp. But I that's totally cool. But I understand what you're saying. Was it a friend of the podcast or just a friend of you? Uh, I don't remember who it was. I know it was a film critic who gave his movie a bad review, and that's then he was, awesome. he See, was again. Like, that's that's pretty. I, I can get behind that. No, if you care, I'll say this to every not just filmmaker but musician out there. Um, the the idea that you would care enough about what a critic said about your movie, not about you. If someone's coming after you or your family, I get why you get mad. But the fact that you care about what someone said about your movie enough that you would fight them just makes you seem like a jerk off. I'll say that to talk, everybody. Talk shit, get hit, bro. I'm just saying. Again, I don't think critiquing someone's output is talking shit. If they make it personal, that's talking shit. But if they're just like, I don't know, this movie sucks, guys, and you're like, well, I'll beat you up, it's like, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not commenting upon the man's moral character. I'm just saying, like, but, you know. No, well, that's I, what I was. I, I was. Funny. Yeah, I was transitioning to say, Justin. I think your point still holds up, even if. Yeah. I suspect now, Garrett. I don't remember the details. This is a story someone told me years ago, and I'm trying to remember who it was. And if it was a critic I don't like, then fuck him. I don't care. I'm on Uwe Bull's side, but I can't remember if it was someone I like or someone I don't like, so I'm, you know, I'm withholding judgment. It kind of sounds like the story's made up. What do you think, Justin? No, it had it had people backing it up. It was on. Let me guess. Let me guess. We don't know this film critic because they go to the school two times over. Yeah, it goes to different uh, school. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, that's funny. You guys are so funny. No, I, I believe this was in public. Like it was on the internet where lots of people could see. So mm. it wasn't like a private. It wasn't like in a DM. Like, hey, hey I'm gonna get you. It was like, oh. a, like a like response to someone's tweet of an article. <laughs> like Liam, speaking. I, I just looked at my notes that I took. I took a few notes, and one of the things that I what? put was that in this movie. Well, no, speaking of The Rock, because he was talking about The Rock's performance, sure. and yeah, one of the yeah, things yeah. that I took a note you of took notes was for that, this? Just a few. 
And so one of the things that I wrote down, these are the caliber of notes that I took, is that Rock is still looks like a human being in this movie. Like sure. he's yeah, a no. large human, but he still looks like a human being as compared to now where he's just this like gargantuan pile of HGH. And that was interesting. Anytime that you see younger Rock and you're just like, oh man, he's big, but I recognize that that's a human form compared to what he is now. So that was one of the notes that I had. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing is what, I, what I'm saying. Like, it's a unique performance because, well, I, I wouldn't say it's good acting. I feel like he's acting. Like, I feel like in uh, not all of his his contemporary work, but in a lot of it, they're just like, be the rock. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't let him do anything. Whereas in this, he's like trying to do a thing. And I found that interesting, even if it's not like a compelling performance, it's still at least a different note from him. Um, but you're right. He's also still a human sized person, <laughs> a large human. But. So uh, let me just get this out of the way. I, 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 I resent this movie for besmirching <laughs> and trivializing the work of John Brandenburg and Nick Redfern, who wrote the seminal works, Death on Mars and the Martians about an extinct, an extinct Martian civilization that was taken out by a more advanced civilization to answer the Fermi paradox. I resent them. Okay. Google those names. I'll say them again. John Brandenburg, and Nick Redfern, they both wrote two non-fictional science books on extinct Martian civilizations. They solved the Fermi Paradox. This movie makes it trivial. I don't like it. Um, yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's performance in this movie, uh, he, uh, there's no way for me to sound this without sounding like a fucking snooty piece of shit, but that's what I am, so whatever, fuck it. I think that him being one of the best heels in professional wrestling history in the history of professional wrestling, I think should have gave, he should have given like a more, um, I think he could have done like, he, I, th I think it could have been a better performance for him. It was like his fourth movie. That's cool. What he was like, no, be cool was like his third movie. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Liam, this one's coming at you. Yeah. Okay, there is an intense theological implication in this film. Are you ready for it? Do it. Let's hit it. Here we go. The plot of this movie, if it can be called a plot, is that there is a mysterious extra chromosome in these Martian people. Now, in real world, you, you have an extra chromosome, unfortunately, that results in Down syndrome. Um, in this movie, however, it turns you into a fucking monster and makes you like you can like come back from the dead. But they say it only affects people who have a certain genetic marker now. And they, you know, they, there's this Ros, Rosamund Pike gives this big ex, bout of exposition where she's like, some people say it's the soul. I don't know why I gave her like a weird, scary British accent, but um, they basically allude to the fact that like it only affects evil people. That's why like, um, you know, spoiler alert, that's why The Rock is becomes a bad guy because he's a fucking piece of shit. Like, my lie massacre motherfucker. And that's why Carl Urban is, like, the hero because he's a good person. That's why he just gets, like, really strong. He doesn't get affected by it. But there's a scene in this movie, and I will say I think it's the, it, it's the only, like, legit, like, interesting part of this movie that is there more than just, like, you know, like, popcorn candy value. There's a scene where a character comes back from the dead. And he is like, I forget what they call him, but he is like a devout goat. Christian. Like they, is it goat? Yeah. It, they make it a point that, oh, he's he's always like genuflecting. He's like a devout Catholic. He becomes infected 
And then he, he starts turning into a monster, which would lead us to believe that he is like an evil person. But he then like kills himself so he doesn't attack anybody else. So it's like he's evil, but he also like recognizes that he's evil, I guess. And I, I don't know what I don't <laughs> let me be clear. I don't think the movie was trying to say anything on purpose with that. I really do think that's like kind of like a like a small plot hole. Like, why would this guy who is evil, you know, be compelled to sacrifice himself to save people he had previously cared about. But I do like the idea in this movie that there's a guy who is supposedly uh, evil as a person, but he can still choose to do good. I thought that was like, oh, that that could be like a neat thing to like think about, I guess. Yeah. I appreciate that because it's like um, uh, being able to choose against your own nature, so to speak. But yeah. then, But then the correlation of that would be that uh, Urban could fucking, you know, not change, but then just be like, you know what? Who cares? I'm going to be selfish or just kill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It's it's I think you're right. It's just sort of a plot hole, but it does sort of. Uh, I think there's actually a theme in, in movies like this where um, we're still and I think this is inspired less by theology and more by science. We're still asking questions about the nature of people. And I think that's partly coming out of like the cloning debate is, is going like we, people may have forget, forgot, but like in 2005, in just the two thousands in general, uh, there was some discussion of cloning and the ethics of cloning because it was becoming more realistic. And then um, by the way, at some point we just stopped talking about that. So as far as I know, we, we could have cloned somebody. I wouldn't even fucking know because it's like, it went from like, you know, regular articles in major magazines about like, is cloning ethical to just like, we got bigger fish to fry. So let's just stop talking about cloning. So yeah. I don't know, maybe we're cloning people who, who fucking knows. But that, I think that question of cloning uh, was underneath a lot of questions about like humanity and identity and stuff like that. I think the other thing motivating all that honestly was, uh, was uh, the Iraq war, honestly, because I think um, whenever we as a nation are, doing great evil and trying to ignore it. Uh, that's when under the surface, there's all these questions of like who is good and who is bad and what, you know? And so we were doing a, a project of trying to ignore not one, but two countries we were blowing the shit out of without yeah, you know, talking it, about that. We were blowing the shit out of them. You know, we would rather talk about are these people who are qualitatively identical to us, are they actual people? Meanwhile, we're across on the other side of the planet. We're actually turning brown people to dust yeah, for yeah. a fucking lie. Yeah. And we'd rather not think about that. Did you guys see this clip just from, I think it was from yesterday or today, where George Bush has tried to describe uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And he's talking about, he's talking about uh, Putin, but then he says Iraq by mistake. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> this maniac is invading uh, Iraq. I mean Ukraine. And I was like, "Fuck, man, that is like the most Freudian slip I've ever seen in my life." It's a fucking glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this movie. I don't know, man. I just like also, you know, you got Richard Brake uses the term "she boys," which I wasn't a hundred percent in love with. Oh yeah. I, yeah, his whole character, Listen, like I just so I, gross. But I feel like that's one of those things where, especially in that, in that, in movies like this that are not smart and are off the mark and maybe of a certain vintage, they definitely do shit 
to show you the character is scummy. The other one that comes to mind as an example of like, oh, it's okay because the character is gross is uh, Predators with Adrian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the like the one guy tells a rape joke. And it's like, okay, I understand that, like, you were trying, like, that was supposed to be deplorable. That was awful. And that character was detestable and will get what he deserves. But you could have shown all those things a different way. And I think that's the same with this. Like, Portman was gross and a slimeball and ultimately a coward, but... I also another another thing that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way about this movie. And again, I am open to the charge of that. I'm looking too far into things because that's what I tend to do. I've built my entire personality on it. It's fine. Is that this movie like in heart? Okay, in war films and in horror films, there tend to be certain archetypes that for better or worse are present a lot of times. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. The movie that I would I would compare this to and that. I, I think it just is utterly just its failure was glaringly apparent and that it had all these like dumb character archetypes. You had the rookie, you had the seasoned uh, disgruntled fucking guy. You had the, the, the secretly good guy. You had the religious guy. You had the horny guy. I made uh, one of my notes was about the archetype characters and how it's like it. I thought they had all these analogs to Predator. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like in Predator, it works. In Aliens, it just fucking flawless. Yeah, perfect. Even in like newer movies, like um, what was the what was the 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 movie with Kurt Russell's son about the Nazis? Um, it was supposed to be like a like a like a Cloverfield John. Oh Overlord. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, even yeah. like an Overlord, there was those like archetypes. Like, um, Bokeem Woodbine was like the Sarge. Who was like the guy that the, the, the hard charging? Like everyone looked up to him, and then you had like Wyatt Russell was like the quiet, like who's that guy? He's the new guy. He's crazy, and it works. Like they're not these flat archetypes, he, right? That's what I, was, I think. I think what the difference, the reason that this didn't work, is that they didn't give you a single reason to give a single shit about a single character other than Carl Urban, which I think probably he and his sister were the only characters that. They fleshed out enough to make them interesting. The Rock had enough meat on the bone to make you see his eventual turn as like a lead villain. But everybody else was like dog shit, flat. Red shirts across the board. Yeah. I mean, it really was like everybody pulled from those movies. It's an amalgamation of all those movies that you just talked about, but without making, without any sort of character development that makes us care about them, which is why. Ultimately, I think that the movie is a fine watch, and it's fun enough, and it's a video game movie, so what do you expect from it? Yeah, but no, it definitely I, is forgettable. Like, if I, I never give, saw I'll, it again, fine. I'll also give it a, a tiny, just a, just a, Chris, you can see me right now, I'm just doing a tiny, yeah, it's huge. tiny bit of credit, tiny bit of credit for making Pike's character his sister and not his ex-wife. Like, when they were talking about why he didn't want to go there and all this stuff, I was like, yo, of course. Of course, it's like the girl he walked away from or whatever. Like and in it's the like, Meg. Exactly, yeah. And then it's his <laughs> sister. I was like, okay, that's not like a huge thing, but like I appreciate the fact that they... No, they their like, dynamic was actually pretty good. I thought that that was the strongest part of the movie was like Carl Urban's character and the dynamic with the sister. The backstory was a little hokey, but 
Yeah. You know, those characters made the movie much more watchable. Was um, it hokey because they didn't talk about what the fucking, the skeleton saw? You know, the skeleton that was shielding its child from whatever it, I don't lie, that part kind of scared me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not being a goof right now. Like they showed that I was like, oh fuck, I don't like that at all. I hope, I hope they don't show anymore. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was hokey because they didn't talk about Mr. Doot Doot, the skeleton lives in your attic when you start. Uh, first skeleton. off, that's that's duty do. You disrespectful piece of shit. I hope he doesn't harm Mr. Doot Doot. Hey. Uh, Can we take a break and then go to the third? Yeah, I was going to say, we've talked about this movie enough. <laughs> Too long. I'm so this, done. I, I warned you. Mr. Doot Doot. Mr. Do- okay, we're going to take a break. I'm going to kill Chris. So when me and Liam come back. <laughs> We're gonna talk I will be about the skeleton living in Justin's attic. Chris will be the Doody skeleton Doody. living in my attic. If you want to know more, get at me on Instagram. I'll fucking talk to you about it if you're listening. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about, oh, God, the, the, the greatest horror film of 2019. The, possibly the, my new favorite movie starring... Chick uh, Punk. Is that what CM stands for? Yeah. Straight Edge Hero, unlike one, one of the people in this fucking show right now. Philip Chick Magnet Punk Brooks. Actually, you know what? No. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to talk about Girl on the Third Floor when we come back. Uh, Girl on the Third Floor. steadfast under trial. So how's the house coming along? It's been hard. Cooper! Certain places have personalities and sometimes they're rotten. Hey, how's the little kicker doing? It takes a real strong hand to turn them around again. has a history of bringing out the worst in people. Certainly creepy. What the hell is that? Promise me you won't say a word to Liz about last night. You need to get out of here. Yeah, what was that? What? Hi, handsome. I hate what you've done with the place. I'm worried. Stop! Child. the proud owner of what? fortunate former house of ill repute. You know when a woman doesn't like to be futzed with too much? I don't want to see you here ever again. Houses aren't that different, I guess. <laughs> you want my advice? Get your husband and your baby far away from that house. And we are back to talk about 2019. Just not going to grease each other up and slide around my living room after this. What? <laughs> oh my God. 2019's <laughs> horror film. This was, Lee, oh, I remember when Liam, okay, can I tell a brief story? Okay. I remember when Liam first saw this film at Brooklyn Horror Fest. He, he called me 
and I couldn't understand it because he was weeping from joy too much. <laughs> and I said, I, Liam, I can't. And he hung up and he texted me and he was like, I, I, I saw this movie just now and it moved me. <laughs> So powerfully. This is, this is all just as revenge because I just told him this might be my least favorite film of 2019. He was so moved by this film. He demanded that I see it. And then I saw it. And then I cried. And we both, we like FaceTimed each other. And it was just two men, just two grown men, just two powerfully vulnerable men just sharing a connection over the FaceTime. And it was just a beautiful thing. And I just, you know, I Liam, just, uh, did, did you see this in 2019 or you just saw it now? I know that just saw it now. Never saw, never saw it okay. before. Okay. Uh, I, I discovered through research that it was filmed near me, but then after I saw it, I decided not to go check out where it was filmed because I didn't care <laughs> enough to go. It was only like 30 minutes from my house. And this I was is like, out in Chicago because nah, good. Chicago made punk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about this movie. I mean, first of all, let me say up front, I am not stoked to say I don't like this movie because the director of this movie uh, – He's not like a real friend, but he I'm like Twitter friendly with this guy. And, oh, yeah. I, and I like his other movie, uh, Jacob's Wife. I thought that was pretty good. And he's Jacob's Wife was great. And he's produced a bunch of movies that I like, you know, which is not the same as directing, but he's produced them. And I thought it was good. And, you know, and he's a, a you know, a corpsman, a, a, a fellow, a fellow. Well, he's not an edgeman. That would mean we're, we're on the same team. But he at least is a dude who grew up going to shows and. Uh, seems like a cool dude. Uh, I think this movie's bad. I, I I think there are parts of this movie that are fun, um, but they are obscured for me by the parts I find vaguely intolerable. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm I don't really think it's the worst movie of 2019 because every year has actual terrible movies. But when it comes to movies that I think should be good, this is not one that I liked very much, and I was surprised. What? What about it? And I'm not. I'm. This is a sincere question. I'm not trying to needle you yet. What about this movie didn't you like? First off, I think CM Punk's performance in this movie—I forget his real name—is uh, bad, um, top to bottom, beginning to end. Uh, maybe when he looks through the grate and threatens his own baby, I, he was okay at that part. I didn't like him. Um, I don't like the way that uh, the movie explores its themes of uh, like, I think underlying the, the, the story is, you know, ideas around patriarchy and abuse and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> I don't think any of that really worked for me. I didn't enjoy the pacing, <coughs> the whole like gnarled other uh, sort of ghostly woman in the house. Not my thing. I don't know. Nothing really worked for me. Did it Did it scare you? Is that why you didn't like it? No, not at all. I will go on record. I was watching this house. I was watching this movie alone in my house. I watched Doom and this back-to-back on Monday night. And uh, Monday night? Sunday night? Monday night. And I definitely tried to start... I tried to start... Girl on the Third Floor the other night and got like 15 minutes into it and I was like, this movie's creepy. I don't want to watch this. And then... (gasps) (laughs) And then I watched it, but I was like, well, I'll watch it. You know, I watched it alone in my house, which was empty except for the goblin living in my basement, friend of the show, Adam Breon. (laughs) And so the house... But, you know, he's... he. I don't know what he does down there, so I don't... You know, that's his business. That's between him and his god. Yes. But I'm watching this alone in the house, uh, 
And it sucked me in. It definitely like up until maybe 40 minutes into the movie, I was like, fuck, this movie's creepy. I'm alone in the house. This is weird. Um, but I think that a lot of what Liam said is, is pretty fair. I don't think that it worked with any of the themes and I just tried to take it at surface level. And I thought that it sucked me in, in terms of like the spookiness of it, but CM Punk definitely, I was disappointed by his performance, I think, because it did not feel like he was invested. He wasn't in the movie. He wasn't a character. He wasn't playing, he wasn't playing Don. He was, I'm CM Punk. I'm playing CM Punk in a movie as this guy named Don. And he really didn't seem invested in it. He didn't seem emotionally present. His delivery of stuff was fine, but it was just detached. And I think that like, you know, it, it was, it was creepy in probably all the easy ways. Like it didn't do a bunch of like, it did do some jump scare stuff, but it didn't go for that much low hanging fruit in that way necessarily. It was just the, I think, I think maybe what fucked me up is the limited cast. Like the movie really was one setting, one dude, and you had to just be there with him. And it, it felt, I think that was probably the one thing that worked well is that you just related to the the loneliness and the isolation in and the confusion, I guess, or the mystery of what the fuck is happening in this house. I think that once they did start to reveal the backstory, it was all sort of like cliche. And I think that it, it was too obvious. But then there was stuff like, I fucking hated the dumb tooth girl. Like, yeah, what, what, I, you know, the finding out it's like, oh, there's a girl living in the attic and then she's not the one that's actually haunting the house was like, okay, I mean, that's a fine misdirect, but like, oh, it was actually like the, the, the performer, if you will, is the one who they didn't care about and that's fine. But who the fuck was this dumb, generic retread like oh it's got a mouth that goes across the vertically and it's got extra teeth like she was she was the girl on the third floor no she fucking wasn't yes she was the one in the attic but they the girl in the attic was not disfigured the girl in the attic yes she was the girl in the attic that we see she was her before she gets killed the way she looks when she confronts him she looks that way because she got fucked up by the people who work there by by the patrons no the, yeah, I the think young you're wrong girl on that, that he has sex with. No, the tooth, the tooth face girl is not real. She has no fun. They don't, that is not a character that is nothing. The girl, the young girl who was hiding in the attic and was killed, they found her, they removed her body, they buried her, and they mourned her. The performer is the woman who seduces CM Punk and then goes on to kill people. She was still haunting the house because her body was still in the house because no one cared that okay. she, as a sex worker, was killed. Sadie was the girl. She was the girl on the third floor. The girl that he has sex with is Sarah. They whatever you're reading can say whatever it reads, but they didn't uh, show anybody with any uh, fucking teeth. She has a childlike mind, as it evidenced by her drawings on the walls of the room, which varies. Sex mask. Uh, yeah. Sarah, the the girl, the temptress, so to speak, she tells CM Punk's wife that uh, these dudes like fucked with her for months and then dumped her body on the train tracks. 
And then... There was no point where anyone in the flashbacks had a fucked up tooth face. And there was no reason. It's not like, oh, she got run over by a train and that's why she was disfigured when she came back as a ghost. It was stupid. It was just... We want this to be a scary-looking creature. We want and, a monster but, but, in this movie. So, and it was So here's dumb. the question. Here's the question. Out of the three people on this podcast right now, who was the one who was scared in their house? Me. Exactly. So I rest my case, you piece of shit. That's fair. Chris is right. It, there's no reason for that weird nope. thing. Nope. Chris was scared. His vote doesn't count. It's a, it's, it's, we've reached a deadlock. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, wait, one of the notes that I have, and this was really important, is so when CM Punk was having sex with the, uh, the temptress, as Justin called her, the dog, who was maybe the most relatable character in the movie, the dog was barking like crazy. Both of my dogs ran across the room and stood on the chairs underneath the projector screen and got into a shouting match with the dog in the movie. <laughs> Your dogs make me physically nauseous. It was great. It was great. It was great. Um, I love But your no, dogs. I, I, I do think also one of the things, and it was sort of revealed toward the end of the movie that I think also worked was that Don was a piece of shit. And the real protagonist or the real, the only good character, the only good person in the movie really was the wife. And, um, you know, I think that it was set up. They spent the whole movie setting up the idea that it was going to be like, I think, a Don redemption story. And then they just threw Don away. And the way that he, like, when he was cutting himself up to get the marbles out, that part was very, like, scary and cool. And then when he came out of the closet all cut up, that was cool. I think that there were things about the movie that were effective, but then you got to the ultimate end, and you're just like, oh, this is fucking stupid. And why did the wife... So the wife was the only, like, innocent, good character, and I thought that was cool because this whole time you're supposed to be learning about Don and relating to Don, and all their... There's not a whole lot there, but they do kind of allude to the fact that he's a piece of shit. I and you think, think they they're gonna re- he's going to redeem ultimately, and he was never redeemed. He was just a piece of shit, and he died for being a piece of shit. And the wife was sort of like she was just this sad, sympathetic victim to you know happenstance of, of being – of loving Don and hoping he could be more than he was and he wasn't and he sucked. But, you know, then she stayed in the house, which was fucking dumb. And then Don showed up in the attic, which was the fucking dumbest shit. It's just, and also you throw marbles on a baby, that baby's going to swallow those. Liam, you have a baby. Would you let your mar- your baby fucking play with marbles? No, because she would have swallowed not, them. Not That's even, dangerous. Not even swallow. When he drops it from the, from the grate at the very yeah. end of the movie, I thought, dangerous. well, that baby's dead. Like yeah. that Marvel's gonna crush that baby's little eyeball. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I here's here's the thing. I think on paper what you're saying, Chris, makes a lot of sense and it could be compelling. But for me, that puts a lot of pressure on our man CM Punk that I don't think he and can he carry. didn't show up for it. No. And so then what we're left with is him having to be this uh, dynamic, compelling character that we want to stick with. And then when he lets us down, it's whatever. But then we also don't spend enough time with his wife to really care about her either in my opinion. So I, I just felt like if, if it's 
I'm okay with them doing the bait and switch where it's like, is this movie about Don? No, it's also about his wife, actually. That's fine. But yeah, I, then, I don't think that they give like... us more to chew on in those phone conversations. Sure. But the phone conversations are st- the phone conversations are so fucking awkward that I'm like, OK, well, this is they obviously just recorded her separately and then he's just trying to respond to it because it's mm-hmm. it, none of it works. Like every one of their FaceTime conversations is just like. Nonsense. He also at no point I, he didn't say I love you. He didn't say goodbye. Right. Yeah. Which also I think I noticed it. So maybe that was intentional to make him look like more of an asshole, like sort of like covertly. I don't know. No, I think I I I, I may have said that there were certain things that were effective in this, and I I may have talked about like the the bait and switch, and I, I maybe effective was the wrong word. It it may have been like interesting. Or there was a, a seed or a germ of something interesting there. There was something that could have been affected had it been executed better. The pacing of the movie was definitely off. The ta- the the end of it where there were so many false endings was so fucking dumb. Like, they should have used that time to develop characters better, I think. But, you know. I, mean, don't I thought me, there was... Don't get me wrong. This things. is... I think it's worth saying... I didn't like either one of these movies, but clearly one was far superior to the other. It's just I went in knowing Doom was bad. And then Doom is like still bad, but like, you know, it's stupid and fun. And I, I really almost thought wanted... you were going to say one of them was better because it was just fun and it knew what it was. Doom knew what it was. Sure. Girl on well, the third floor thought it was something well, much smaller. I thought it was something more than that, too. I think a lot of people I know really like this movie, although a lot of people I know also. This is a very divisive movie. I know people who love it, people who hate it. Who um, do you know who loves this movie? Oh, just like people on my letterbox when I was looking through I got the reviews. Scared of it. That were just like thought it was amazing. Like uh, Garrett uh, uh, loves it. Dan Scully loved it. Uh, a couple your, other like Philly your, review your people. Your friend Justin Lore loved it. Yeah, and that's great. J- Justin, you're allowed to love the movie. Does anybody know what Handsome will... Josh thought of it? Does anybody talk to Josh at all about this movie? Josh Alvarez? Yeah. Uh, when I said I had to watch it for this episode, he expressed sympathy and said oh, that okay. that was a real trial I was putting myself through. Okay. He did not enjoy this film. Good to know. Good to know. He, he, he forgot that CM Punk was a wrestler when we talked about it, I feel like, because he was like, why are you guys watching that? And I'm like, come on. You know why? After the Bash of the Brewery show, though, he definitely will never forget how important and impactful wrestling is. And you can find out how important and impactful and wrestling does, is on June 3rd, 4th, yep. up at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater mm-hmm. at the real third annual Real Rumble presented by Lehigh Valley Athletics Commission. Justin, do you have any uh, other like salient things about the movie you wanted to talk about? Yes, I do. And, and, I have and a. And please don't blow into the microphone. <laughs> okay. First off, we made eye contact, and he got huffy. I think he was threatening me. I was. That was that was a threat display. That was like a gorilla like pounding on my chest. Um, as a, this film was about an edgeman living in a haunted house where there's come everywhere. That was my first two <laughs> years of college. There you go. Um. I think this movie aimed to kind of be like the classic, have, have an element of like the classic, like Stephen King, like the bad, like a bad place. You know, like Stephen King has like, he has like at this point in his career and at this point in like pop culture history, he has like Sour. the bad places. Yeah, there's the Micmac Burial Ground, the Overlook, the Standpipe and Dairy, um, Marston House and Salem's Lot, where these houses and these locations become characters. Kind of like, you know, like a Shirley Jackson haunting of Hill House type thing. I think they were trying to make this house a character. And I don't think they quite succeeded. 
because had the GUI come been like somewhat explained, I mean, I guess because maybe so many men had ejaculated in the house, it was just filled with gum. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting visual at first, but, and I, 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 I kind of do like the, the kind of like weird visceral, um, I, I hate to use Lovecraft again, but it has like the love, the goo, like the texture, like the, the sliminess of it. I like, I, I actually like the, the, uh, semen, you know, like as, as yeah. what that goo was, but I don't know that they really put that much thought into it. I feel like, no, no, no. Goo- because also when he reaches into the walls and it's just like red goop. It's like, like meat, yeah. Yeah, like, and that's not supposed to be, I don't think, the body of the sex worker. So I think really they were, it's the same thing as the teeth girl, where they're like, oh, you know what's scary? Goop. Yeah. It, it's, Blood I and think hair they, in a ball. They, they kept doing this thing where it was like, they had the, the woman who lived across the street where she was like, that house does things to people. And it's like, is it fucking the Overlook Hotel? Is it going to drive you to like murder your like elderly lover? And like, what the fuck? Um, I <sighs> too many small ideas that they didn't push. Yeah, and, like, and I also I, the very end when um, when what's her face the 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 ghost of the one sex worker she tells his wife like oh I'm proud I thought you were going to give in for a second there I was like I. I get that that's supposed to be empowering, but I don't think it quite worked. Like the only reason I like this movie as much as I did is because I enjoy it purely on an almost like visual level. Like the 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 ooky the, the gooey cum. Like I said, it was kind of like, what is this going on? But I think that was just weird enough to put me over and like, oh okay. And then like I really do think like I I don't know if it was intentional or not, but CM Punk's performance reminded me a lot of like uh, Bruce Campbell's from Evil Dead Two. I just, I don't know, maybe just a man frustrated at his house not bending to his will. He's just fucking angry at inanimate objects. I, I, I'll I give you the frustration, but he's, the charisma wasn't there, man. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, it's like, it was like he was doing an imitation of it. I didn't say it was like, it, 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 I was like, oh, I, I see what he's trying to do here. You're absolutely right in the, that the charisma wasn't there. Um, Which I, I think also, is kind of odd because when it comes to wrestling, like CM Punk is unfuckwithable. No, he, that's what I'm, that, another thing that I was going to say, it, much like with The Rock, I, I think he's obviously capable of delivering good performances. Again, the man went from being a heel to a face and I think back again. Like, he, he has incredible mic skills. Um, I, I don't know. I just, um, I think this movie was trying to be more than it was capable of being and I don't think it understood its limits and I think it was a little too big for its britches um, because it was it, it, it was I think it was trying to glean things from different like influences like, oh we're gonna do like the movie House we're gonna do The Shining we're gonna do like Evil Dead we're gonna do uh, like there's like a weird morality tale in there like uh, I don't know, like Hellraiser or something like that and then there's like there's come everywhere but if I look too far into it, I don't think I would like this movie as much as I did. But just watching it once, I'm like, okay, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know. It was just, it's a weird, it was a weird movie for you to call me crying about, Liam. I'll, I'll say that, but uh, it, it was, um, I don't know. There, there's, there's worse movies. You, could, you know what? I don't like this movie now. 
<laughs> Why did she stay? I, she yeah. had the money. Because it was her was house. Because it was her house. Because the house had tested her. She passed the test. She said, fuck it, this house. She, she passed said, the test and then she was she free to leave. This, Don failed this and became part of the house. has been it's, cleansed. This, this house, house is clean. Been, this is house is clean. clean. There's no way anyone wants to listen to this episode. I'm just putting that out there. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Two jackasses fucking shouting at each other. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, I, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I hey, don't know. Hey, I, I, uh, I don't know that I would tell people to completely avoid this movie because I while you say this episode, <laughs> because while it didn't work for me, I think there's a certain kind of person who like if all the gooiness and grossness and the fact that there's I don't know boobs or something like if that's enough for you then maybe maybe you'll dig on this but for me i think the combo of like being very surprised at cm punk not being more charismatic and feeling like the movie kind of didn't execute on its themes very well i just was bummed out and partly it was because i have seen travis stevens other movie uh jacob's wife which i thought was you know it's not like uh, super high budget or anything, but it really worked. So I, I was looking for that sort of like scrappy fun, whatever here. And I, I it just didn't feel it. So I mean, it, 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 it lacked, this movie definitely didn't have what Jacob's wife had, which was a stellar cast, fucking Barbara Crampton, um, Larry Fessenden and Bonnie Aarons. You can't go wrong there. This movie has, you know, it, it, for it's a movie that has one actor in it for the most part. And, He's fine. He's capable, I guess, but it just didn't. Um, like, I, okay, this is the last I'm going to say about this movie. I think what this movie was trying to do was give us a character that was entirely unsympathetic. That you're supposed to be like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make you sympathize with this guy, though, even, even though he's deeply flawed. But then it's just like, yeah, but he just sucks. I have I'm not invested in anyone in this fucking movie. You can't put yourself in any like you can't put yourself in anyone's shoes in this movie. And I think this movie suffers from it. Because otherwise you're just watching a man fall apart. But yeah. not in any sort of like animated, interesting way. Yeah. This is ejaculate coming out of the fucking faucet. <laughs> okay, I think we're done with this one. I, 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 uh, I don't be wrong. I, w I still might drive down to the town where they filmed this just because it looks like there's a nice brunch spot right down the street from the haunted <laughs> house. And this house is supposedly haunted. The people who live there think it's haunted. So It's not fucking haunted. Ghosts aren't real. Fuck those people. Just drive by the house shouting obscenities at them. That's what I would do. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, so that was uh, Liam's favorite film of 2019, The Girl on the Third Floor, and Doom. Chris, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thanks um, for having me. Yes. Anything else you want to say? Why? What's what's there's something coming to mind right now that's happening in early June, maybe on the third or the fourth. I can't quite. Could you could you could you tell us about that? Happily, it's real rumble. It's the third annual real rumble weekend. It's a an entire two days of sports and entertainment at the Mahoning Drive-In Sport Theater. of Kings. Sport of Kings uh, in lovely, scenically Heighton, Pennsylvania. You can get tickets today, right now, as soon as this episode is up, at MahoningDIT.com. Friday is going to be four wrestling matches. Gates open at 5.30, I believe. Um, and the 
first feature after the wrestling, once the sun goes down, will be Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rourke. An amazing movie. I was very excited that we got that title this year. And then the second movie is a surprise. And then on Saturday, same thing. Gates open at either 5 or 5.30. And then the four wrestling matches will happen. They will be amazing. The first feature is The Running Man, which coincidentally was the first rated R movie I ever saw in my life. It's absolutely wow. incredible. Yeah. Yep. It's got Jesse the Body Ventura, which is why we have the movie. I believe friend of the show Dry Rot will be dropping a new Running Man fan pressing t-shirt at that show. You'll be able to buy those. Uh, and then the second feature is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's feature-length debut, the first time that he was a leading man, Scorpion King. Um, if you buy both tickets or bo- tickets for both nights in advance, I'll have a free shirt for you at the show designed by friend of the show Haunt Love. Uh, I believe, I don't know if he's, if is there going to be a friend of the show rough cut drop arranged for that or is that not going to happen? Will, will there be rough cut apparel for sale on site, Liam? Do you happen to know those gents? I'm going to go ahead and say no because I he hasn't mentioned anything to me and you would have What about stuff being out. on sale there? Are you going to send like is is Handsome Josh oh, the world's no. biggest wrestling fan going to come up? No, definitely not. Justin Lore? I'll be there. Okay. Um so mahoningdit.com June 3rd, June 4th, wrestling, movies, they always do a vegan special in the snack bar for us to go along with our our branding and uh that's it. It's very nice. It's been a fun time the last two two years, and uh, thanks for having me on the show, you guys. I'm sorry that I picked some real stinkers. Hopefully, it was, uh, no, it, it worked for the theme. It's totally fine. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually amazed that this movie scared you. Like that actually makes me feel better about myself because <laughs> at least this movie, I can, I can be scared of everything else in the world, but at least I wasn't scared Listen. of the girl on the third floor. I'm here alone. My surround sound system is loud as fuck. I hear a little chittering in my basement. I don't know what's happening. It's that chitter is, that's Adam. <laughs> you know that's Adam. <laughs> Bruce is yelling at the, at the projector screen, you know, yeah, like I'm, it was, an, we're, it was, we're going to have to make our own sequel. The boy in the basement. Yeah. The boy in the basement, <laughs> the Adam Brion story. <laughs> All um, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So MahoningDIT.com. There's a Facebook event for it. Follow the LVAC on Instagram and the underscore LVAC on Twitter. There's updates, whatever. I'm going to start announcing talent that we have booked and matches, uh, in the, well, in the coming days, because there's only a few weeks until the show. And, uh, that's it. Also, for what it's worth, buy tickets in advance, get the free shirt. That's the coolest thing to do. All the cool kids are doing that. But I will also have those event shirts for sale at the show. And it's near impossible to sell Mahoning out. They have fit so many cars. So there will be walk-up tickets available for you. But like I said, if you get tickets in advance, that's safer. You can set your plans. You can get the free shirt, blah, blah, blah. And then... Uh, you know, but if you're not sure, if you're on the fence or Saturday afternoon, you realize you're not doing anything that night, come on up. June 4th, June 3rd, Mahoning Drive-In, Real Rumble. Where'd you get those shirts printed at? Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. The, the Lehigh Valley's premier screen printers from Lehigh Valley and beyond. Oh, my God. Wrap this episode up. <laughs> All right. Uh, As coffee roasters, six. thanks for the sponsorship. <laughs> 
coupon code CinePunks for 10% off. Don't forget to check out Fat Girl Hacks and Wine and Cheese and Black Sun Dispatchers. And go back to last year's CinePunks episode with me on it. We did Hell Comes to Frogtown. Fucking worst. You're the fucking worst. Paradise Alley. And that show was definitely less of a train wreck. I was on better behavior. I was less fired up. Justin came over an hour early before we started Yo, I'll recording. I'll tell you what, both I've of, had the, a both of these terrible week. Both of so these like, movies are better than Paradise Alley, which is like one Paradise of the Alley was. I went back and I re-listened to that episode so I could really get the the bits down for this one. It didn't work. The bits were terrible for this one. It's a train wreck. But uh, that movie was fun to talk about. Not fun to watch, but no, fun to talk exactly. about. Exactly, that's very true. And these okay. movies, you know, thanks everybody. Right. Wrap us up, Justin. Cinepunks.com. More episodes of this show next. Until next time, uh, fuck Mehmet Oz. Fuck Doug Mastriano. Uh, Hawk heck. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy. Haunted railroads. Sentient umbrella spirits. Mind-altering video games. Remote viewing. SpongeBob conspiracy theories. And only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!